Hey, welcome to this week's episode of The Seller Life. I'm your invisible host, Jonathan Seller. And this is the one-stop shop for everything that works in today's world of sales and marketing. So from the great state of Detroit, no matter where you're listening from, today's content matters because there's no life quite like The Seller Life. So I've never done this before, but I wanted to share with you a keynote that I recently gave at a business conference in Metro Detroit. It was called the Purpose Summit. So I want you to imagine there's a couple hundred business leaders sitting in front of me, and this is the keynote I wanted them to get. As you know, Second Tribe Media, the digital marketing company that I started, we do everything we can to help build irresistible brands online. We build their online presence on the irresistible framework. So that's what this keynote's all about. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. All right, good morning, everybody. How many Canadians do we have? If you're a Canadian, let me see your hand. A couple right here. Awesome. All right. So I'm in good company. Uh, I am Canadian, but I've lived in the States for the past 12 years. The States is pretty good. Uh, Canada's just slightly a little bit. I won't say it. <laughs> but I grew up in Canada. This will probably look bad on the video, won't it, guys? What do I do with my water? Okay, I'm going to throw it like I'm a rock star. Check this out. Awesome. <laughs> pretty cool. So senior year of high school, graduating high school, thinking, I'm going to go to this one private school in Chicago because it's tuition free. You get to live downtown Chicago, tuition free, private school, they pay your tuition. It's incredible. So I tell my friends I'm applying to this specific school. They're all like, we're going to apply too. I'm like, get your own purpose and destiny in life, boys. So they apply. Sure enough, weeks go by. They all get accepted to this university. And I'm like, oh, I haven't got my letter in the mail yet because I live in Canada. So it might take a little while. Sure enough. Letter comes in the mail, I go down to the post office, because in Canada, I live in a little town, about 540 people, that's where I grew up, a little town called Brigden, Ontario, represent, and I get home, I get this letter, and my family's there, mom, dad, sister, brother, everybody's got their little phones ready to take photos of me opening my acceptance letter. Remember, I applied to one school. So I open up the letter, and it says, Dear Jonathan... We regret, what? I haven't even read the letter yet. No, that's exactly how I felt, though. We regret to inform you it ain't going to happen this year. And I was devastated, man. I was like, what am I going to do? I don't want to live with mom the rest of my life. So I was devastated, didn't know what to do, uh, told my friends that got accepted, and they're all like, oh, you know, we're so sorry to hear. You know, we'll think of you while we're in Chicago, tuition-free. So my one buddy, he's a good friend, he's like, hey, Jonathan, why don't you go talk to them? I'm like, that's stupid. You can't talk to these people. The letter says it ain't going to happen. That's just the way it is, right? It's the way the world works. And he's just like, he said this, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? And I was like, absolutely nothing. I have no plan for my life. So you know what we did? We packed a car, drove from Canada all the way to downtown Chicago. Now, I'd never been to Chicago before. I, I barely had my license. But we got in the car, drove down, and I brought my letter with me, and I just knew that somehow, some way, I had to talk to this lady that was signed 
her name at the bottom of this letter that said I was rejected. Her name was Annette Moy. Say Annette Moy. All right, okay. So Annette Moy is working at the admissions department. Little Jonathan Seller doesn't know how business world works and that you're supposed to call ahead and set appointments with these high execs. So I show up, admissions department, ninth floor, show up, gatekeeper there. Hi, I'm Jonathan Seller. I'd like to talk to Annette Moy. She's like, okay, do you have an appointment? We don't have you on the schedule here. I was like, no, no, I just wanted to talk to her for like five minutes if it's okay. She goes like this, let me see if she's here, you know. Any gatekeepers representing here? I love you guys, all right? You're so good at your job. Okay, let me go see, you know, sorry to bother you. So all of a sudden, this cute little, wonderful, sweet little, vicious woman shows up. She's this little uh, Asian lady, and she's like five foot nothing, and she comes up to me, and she's just like, hi, um, can I help you? I was like, yeah, my name is Jonathan Seller, and I just wanted to put a face with the name. And she's like, am I supposed to know you from somewhere? And I was like, you signed this letter that said I'm not supposed to come to the school. And she's like, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is, but you have a great day, sir, okay? And then she's like snuck back to her cubicle, like, you know. And, uh, and then I got back out, my buddy's like, how'd it go, how'd it go? And I'm like, bro, it's like what I told you. Sometimes in life you don't get what you want. Sometimes you try to do stuff and it just doesn't work out. And it just seemed like a waste of a trip. Well, what I didn't know was happening behind the scenes was a number of people in pretty high affluent little things, little positions in my world started calling the school on my behalf. They started writing letters on my behalf to the admissions department saying, are you guys crazy? You're going you're gonna to reject this kid? And I didn't know that was happening. And so when I showed up at that place in the admissions department, all of a sudden they were like, guess who just showed up? The guy that we can't get away from. He's a stalker. And so two weeks later, I go to the post office, say what's up to the farmers, talk about the corn, grab the mail, head back home. No fanfare this time. I'm just like, why would that school write me another letter? How dare they harass me? And I opened it up, and sure enough, it said, Dear Jonathan, we want to invite you to attend our school this semester. So, last night, 2.13 a.m., I wrote this down. Here's the principle of my whole little talk. I know, you shouldn't write your keynote the night before. But <laughs> I don't even know why the slides won't work. What kind of place is this? <laughs> um, we'll get it up. But here's the, here it is. If you're writing notes, just write this down, because this radically transformed the way I think of business, and it might be helpful to you today. It's your responsibility to get the attention you deserve. Here's what I learned senior year of high school, driving down to Chicago. Nobody's going to grow your business for you. Nobody's going to get the attention of your prospects for you. Nobody. Welcome to adulthood. No mom going to bail you out this time. It is your responsibility to get the attention you deserve. Now, my background, Christianity, right? So you know what we're getting taught over and over? Humility, 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 which is an awesome virtue. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Love that verse. It's true in business. It's true in marketing. 
Nobody likes the proud, cocky guy. Brene Brown would say vulnerability is the new courage, right? So I wrote this last night. Don't paralyze yourself in humility. It's not a virtue to be silent or to keep your audience at bay. Stop masking your insecurity as humility and embrace vulnerability, which is your best weapon to get their attention. So this morning, we're talking about how do we take what we're passionate about, which is our business, and get the attention of our prospects. Because it's your responsibility to become irresistible. There's two types of people in the world. There's those that are resistible, and then there's those that are irresistible. I'm fascinated. Why is it that when I'm on my device, like this, the number one gesture in America used to be the middle finger, now it's just the thumb scrolling? Right? Anybody used to doing this all day? Studies show that we lift this thing up in front of our faces over 100 plus times a day. We're faced with over 3,000 ad messages a day. And I'm here to say that this thing right here ain't going away. There's no, there's no business principles from 1970 that I'm about to share with you, and there's no business principles I'm going to share with you on how to grow your business in 2025. All I care about is how do I grow my business in 2019? And I'm telling you, if you don't figure out this thing right here in your hand, you will lose. You will lose. This is where your people are at. Nobody's teaching people how to figure this thing out. So I'm like starting business. A couple years ago, I left full-time ministry, and I accidentally started, you know, working at a church full-time doing music. You obviously don't get paid a ton of money, and so I'm a single bachelor. I'm like, I've got time in the evening. What should I do? I Google how to make money online. I like money. Money is great. Money buys me things. Money could take a girl out on a date. I need a date. Lord, provide me some money. All right, so, so, so I ended up, uh, I figured out there's this thing called affiliate marketing. You talk to companies, you say, hey, give me your product. Let me make a big splash in the world about it. And whoever clicks my link, you guys give me a cut of the sale. Well, again, whose responsibility is it to get the attention that you deserve? It's your responsibility. So nobody taught me to do this. I just figured out the way the universe works is you got to go get it. you got to go get it, guys. So I figured out, okay, there's this mattress company called Purple that started in Utah. Anybody know about the Purple mattress? Yeah, a crazy, amazing ad campaign. It caught me off guard. I'm like, this thing is incredible. The guys that made the Dr. Scholl's stuff in your, you know, the stuff you put in your shoes, they made a mattress, and they were just launching it. So I get online, I figure out who these people are. Later we're going to talk about LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn. Figured out who this person was. Messaged them and said, hey, you don't know me. My name's Jonathan Seller. I want to put a face with the name. Okay, here we go. And ended up having a conversation. I said, bro, let me just try selling your stuff. I'll buy a mattress, but you guys give me a unique URL code. You know what a URL code is? If your neighbor's like, no, tell them, please, right now. Tell them what Google is, all right? Uh, it's a great search engine. You should use it. It's wonderful. Library online. All right, so then they gave me a unique URL code. I posted it. Now I was like, I'm no influencer. Just because you got a unique code doesn't mean you're an affiliate marketer. you got to go get sales. It was like when I got my business card printed for Second Try Media. I didn't post online, hey, guys, I started my business today. No, that's not an accomplishment. That's paying 50 bucks for your LLC. 
You're in business when you have sales. That is how you know whether you should be in business, right? Your purpose. One time someone said to me, because I was like, I want to be a speaker someday. And it was some big wig, and he's just like, don't pursue being a speaker. He said, speak, and then if your phone doesn't ring after you're done speaking, there's your answer. Some of you are like, that's so hurtful. I know, but it's true, right? It's kind of true. <laughs> so if you guys don't call me after this keynote, it's fine. I'll be single, eating my pizza alone every night watching Netflix. No, it's just kidding. <laughs> so we can have fun today, right? This is fun. All right, so, so I start posting review videos of this mattress. But then I'm like, how do I get people to watch the video? What does YouTube love? High retention viewed videos, especially from United States views. So I'm like, how do I get people to hang into my video long enough so that I can organically increase my views on YouTube? Then I started studying how YouTube algorithms work and how I could use Facebook ads to leverage the views on YouTube, blah, 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 a million little things I started learning online, posted some videos on a mattress, ended up making over $150,000 from one stupid YouTube video I made three years ago. Then I'm like, this is weird. I'm making money. With, I went to my mailbox one time. I got a $43,000 check. I went on Craigslist, and I was like, in high school, I had a poster of a Dodge Viper. And it was in there, and I was like a Canadian kid. I'm like, I'm never going to own this car. So you know what I did? I went on Craigslist, and it, here's a way to do this. There's always a crisis sale happening on Craigslist somewhere in America. There is. Someone's getting a divorce, so the tax guy's coming after him, and he's got to get let, he gotta, I got to get rid of my assets. Some guy in Kentucky, he literally, he's losing everything, and I'm like, I'm capitalizing on your loss. And so I end up calling the guy, and I'm like, hey, I see you have a Dodge Viper for, for, for sale. I know it's mid-December. Nobody's calling this guy to buy a Dodge Viper. But in my mind, I'm like, this is your one time to go buy the car of your dreams. You never thought you were going to buy the car of your dreams. So I literally called him the next day. I offered him 10000 less than what the car was worth, grabbed my sister. I'm driving in my white minivan. I look like a child predator, but that's all I could afford at the time. Seriously. And then I'm like, sister, you're going to drive home from Kentucky in the van. I'm going to learn stick shift on the Dodge Viper I'm about to go pick up. And literally a snowstorm's happening, and I'm driving my brand new Dodge Viper that I paid for cash. Not because someone gave me the money, but because I went and got it. And I'm not something special. That's not a braggadocious story. I'm trying to pump you up that the potential you have to get all that you're called for is, lies within you. Everything that you're destined for in your life, you have the capability of going to get, but it will not be given to you. You have to work. You have to get outside the box. you got to get extremely focused. So I started making money with the one company. I'm like, isn't there other mattress companies? I started calling them. I was like, guys, I'm selling millions of dollars for this company. Send me some mattresses. So about 10 companies later, sending me mattresses and me selling them to my friends, right? It's awesome. They're all like, dude, do you have another mattress? I'm like, yeah, 500 bucks, you know? And so they gave me money, and it was just a fun little ride. After that, I'm like, I should start a digital marketing company. Maybe the stuff I'm learning, I could help teach to clients, and then I could do this business and have an impact, make some money, use that money, not for stupid cars. I sold the Viper, but I sold the Viper and made eight grand. So that idea of like not squandering your wealth and investing your money, I did, okay? So don't judge me, all right? 
Now I drive a Ford Fusion. All right, so we're talking about marketing this morning, right? That's our attention. So you got a business, you got a product, you're trying to get people's attention. There's a difference between marketing and branding. Marketing is, hey, I exist. Branding is how I feel about a company when they show up on my newsfeed. All right? So marketing is the aspirations of the consumer influenced by the message of a company across all, of, all relevant means. Now, this is an original definition. I've never read a marketing book in my life. I don't have a marketing degree that might disqualify me from speaking today. I don't know yet, but I have a feeling most marketing definitions begin with some, something about you or your company. Here's the problem with that. No one cares about you or your company. You know what people ultimately care about? Say it, say it. Themselves. You are a selfish person, and so am I. The aspirations of the consumer influenced by the message of a company across all relevant means. Okay, so let's pretend you're all medical students. You're all med students. If I say I have the flu, you would correct me and say you have influenza. Influenza. Here's, here's the mental picture before we eat lunch. Some of you are so busy throwing up on your prospects, wondering why you're not getting the attention you deserve. It's because no one likes being thrown up on. I know this is really deep for some of you guys. <laughs> like, say that again, I'm writing this down. No one wants to be thrown up on, right? Have you ever gotten the flu before, show of hands? When did you get the flu? You don't know. No one knows. No one knows when they get the flu, but they know when they start seeing the symptoms. Right? Let your competition keep throwing up on your audience. You and I, let's figure out a way to influence them. So stop saying, I want to be an influencer, and you keep marketing and throwing up on people. That's not being an influencer. It's the subtle way of getting people's attention. I'm going to walk you through a framework that I feel like has helped me get those YouTube views, get the YouTube ranking, get our messages for our clients out that beats our competition. If you're not convinced that the phone is a device for your business, I'm telling you, follow what the Fortune 500 companies are doing. This is a graph. It might be hard to see, but since 2015 to 2020, the ad spend for TV has stayed relevantly the same. What's going to happen post-2020 is this is going to start to dip, and that black bar, which represents social media ad spend, is going to increase. Once Amazon and all these Fortune 500 companies start putting more budget money into these platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, it will be harder for you and I to compete for real estate on your prospects' phones. This is an amazing time in history that you actually get to compete with the big dogs. I used to do music and wanted to like have an album. I, I've recorded albums, I've traveled and done that, but I never became like the Walmart superstar with the CD in the stores. My brother did, he did Canadian Idol and he made it to top eight in the country and it was pretty cool to follow that journey. Didn't happen for this guy. But I realized that like the way to get ahead in this life isn't going to be through these old school ways of gatekeepers. Like, you don't need a gatekeeper. Like, if you were to record an album right now, it's not, I hope I get a record deal. No, you've got YouTube. You just got to figure out how to get people's attention there. So the, the, the world has totally transformed the way we do business. 
there's really not a lot holding us back anymore. And I want that to free you up, to know the barrier to entry is it's open, it's available. So here's what bad marketing looks like. Bad marketing is telling people about your products or services. If you go through your content on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, and it's always talking about products and services that you guys sell, you're just throwing up on people. Cut it out, please. Second thing marketing isn't. Marketing shouldn't be making vague value statements. A vague value statement is we are the best in customer service. Right? What are some other ones? Shout them out. Most professional. We've got the lowest prices. On time, on budget. Guys, because of social media, us getting so many ads, your brain is, is basically ignoring that, that type of jargon, that type of sales copy. Our brain literally goes, up. Oh, I've seen it before, disregard, throw it away, throw it away, swipe, swipe left, swipe left, right? So stop using that words. Stop using those phrases. If you go through, if I go through your website and I see some of that stuff, I'm going to punch you. All right? The third thing, you may have heard this from some marketing guru. You need to share your story. And I would say, no, no, no one cares about your story. They only care about their own story. So rather than sharing your story, invite your prospect into a story. That's how you become irresistible. So it's not, my company was started in 1992. Our father grew up on the dairy farms of Alaska and blah, blah, like, no one cares. It's, hey, there's a lot going on in the milk industry that might be scary. Now you've got my attention. My dad thought we should do things differently to protect people. Like, there's just, it's so funny because the way human psychology works is you can hear one message and go, oh, just a guy trying to sell me something. And then the other message is, this is interesting. I'm going to give it another five seconds and another five seconds. And that literally is the difference between companies that succeed and companies that don't. Another thing bad marketing is recommending your solutions to their problems. The last time you liked being told to do something was when? Probably when you were five years old. Hey, Sally, go clean your room. Okay, Mom. But today's world, nobody wants to be told what to do. So in your marketing collateral, hey, I want you to click the link below. Hey, I want you to sign up for blah, blah, blah. Hey, I think you should do this. I had a great mentor, and he said, Jonathan, any sales meeting you have, there's two swear words you should never say. Never say, I think. See if you can have a sales meeting without ever saying, I think, or I recommend. Because it's not your data that matters. The only data that matters is your prospects. Helping your prospects self-discover is the best way of getting them towards making a decision. So now all our marketing content, I'm like, am I telling people what to do or am I inviting them to self-discover their own solution? People like being the hero of their own story. Set your marketing content up in such a way that they become the hero of their own story. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, so Bain & Company, they did a study. I just want you to write this down. We're running out of time. 30 elements of value. Google that. You know how you've heard people say, I just need to give value to my prospect. We just need to give value. You need to figure out what value trigger you're hitting. Is it affiliation and belonging? Is it a reduction in anxiety? What is the product or service that you're selling? What's the product behind the product? 
What's the value driver? There's about 30 of them. Bain & Company, they did the study, not me, solid company. So now when I create an ad, and when I'm working on, with a company creating an ad campaign, I'm thinking about this, going, wait, what is the, what, we're not selling shingles. We're not selling cosmetics. What's the thing behind the thing? And we figure out what the value driver is. So for instance, if I work with the Detroit Tigers, and they're like, we need to sell more tickets. You know what their marketing campaign's doing? Okay, let's talk about the players, product, right? Let's talk about the players, and we're going to talk about how we're going to be the best team ever, and this guy has this many, and we're going to do billboards and show a picture of that guy and all that. No. The ad campaign is some father walking with a son, walking down the street toward Comerica Park. Like, I would use this one. Here's, this one's nostalgia. People love nostalgia. All of a sudden, the son's hat falls on the ground. Dad picks it up, puts it on the hat, walks walks back toward Comerica Park, go to black screen show, Comerica Park, it's not about the baseball. Like that stuff, it's like moves people. You're like, oh, what? It's not about the baseball, but, that, but that's, no. We know why you come to the park. It's not to see our crappy Detroit Tigers, no offense. <laughs> it's to be with people that you love. All right. So we got to keep going. Here's the seven part. We're going to rush through this, and here's why I'm going to frustrate the heck out of you. May 24th, I do a full-day event. It's a workshop where me and my team literally take, we talk Facebook ads, we talk it all. It's a one-day event, and I want to invite you to come to it. But real quickly, I'm going to walk through our framework for digital marketing. It looks like this. An individual with an aspiration our marketing content begins with individuals, not companies. You're selling to an individual. An individual with an aspiration. We must articulate the thing behind the thing. What is it that your prospect wants? You've got to be able to state that clearly for me up front. Second, your prospect is experiencing a gap. A gap is a goal that they haven't yet accomplished. An anxiety that they feel on a daily basis. And a pain that left on their own, they cannot fix. They need help. They encounter an empathetic expert. They encounter an empathetic expert. This is the place in the marketing content where you insert yourself into the story. So far, it's been all about them. Their aspiration, their gap. Here's where you come in. But how you come in matters. Don't come in as the authority. I'm Jonathan Seller. I'm chief marketing officer, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Nobody likes that guy. You come in with empathy. You come in saying, hey, I, I understand that world. In fact, that's why I ended up doing what I'm doing. When people ask me what I do, I say I accidentally started a digital marketing company. Why? Because the word accidentally creates a story loop, and they go, that's, why did you say you accidentally started it? Right? It creates conversation. So now you enter, you encounter an empathetic expert. So this is really key. Make sure that in your marketing content, do you always project yourself as the hero of the story? Or are you simply, in the words of Donald Miller, the guide? Be the guide, not the hero. Who's the hero in your, in your marketing content? Your prospect. Then you invite them to self-discover their next step. We talked about this earlier, inviting them to self-discover their next step. Stop telling your prospects what to do. Start inviting them to self-discovery. Once your prospect owns it and thinks it's their idea, you've got yourself a sale. Remind them what's at stake. It's your job to remind people 
if you don't move in action, here's what could possibly happen. If you don't work with our company, you may, be, you may end up feeling like this. This might affect you in this way. And you start tr using trigger words to create a sense of anxiety like, wow, I better take action. Inaction is action. No decision is neutral. Please remind your prospects what it's costing them. Number six, demonstrate what life can look like. Create FOMO. Look how these people have overcome their gaps and found their aspirations. This is a place in your marketing content where you use third-party stories to support the things that you are talking about. But you do it in a way that says, you might want to do what Bob did, not you should do what Bob did. You might want to do what Bob did. Bob decided he was frustrated enough to pick up the phone to call us to see whether we'd be a good fit. Help them self-discover their next step. Remind them what's at stake. Demonstrate what life can look like. And then finally, exhort them toward their aspiration. Exhort them toward their aspiration. People are motivated not when they're told what to do, but when they're told who they are. So what I mean by this is don't tell people in your marketing content to do something that's always in your best interest. If that's the message, people won't do it. If it's a message of do this because you deserve this, that's totally different. So I read a book. I'll close with this. Time's up. I read a book. It's by an author named Bob Goff. Bob Goff is an awesome, awesome lawyer in San Diego area. And he said that he wanted to be a good dad. And so what he did was, I'll just put this on the screen in case you need to write those notes. Um, he wanted to be a good dad. And so he wanted to do something memorable for his kids. So every night before he tucked his kids in, he bought a little mirror like this. And he set it next to their bedside stand. And every night he would lie down with his kids, tuck them in, hold the mirror up to them and say, all right, who do you see? And he'd hold it over their head and they'd look and say, dad, I see myself, ha, ha, ha. But over time, eventually, they started answering with a little bit more substance. They'd say, dad, you know, I see a girl that helped, the, helped mom in the kitchen when she needed help today. Or I saw, I see a boy that helped Brandon on the park when he was getting picked on. These kids grew up, they went to college, and guess what? They packed a mirror in their bag. And they showed up in the dorm room, and uh, they put this little mirror on their desk. And what was cool is all the kids that would come in their room would uh, notice and say, what's with the little mirror? And so the kids would come up, and they'd grab the mirror and say, who do you see? Who do you see? Eventually, this has become habit. Now, now their kids do it with their, their children. And it's this beautiful reminder. And here's the principle that Bob Goff said. He's like, I just discovered raising kids, and it's true in business and marketing in any area of your life, that people don't like being told what to do, but they love being told who they are. That's our job. We get to remind our prospects that they deserve it. It's not lawn care one. 50% off lawn care in June. It's you deserve to spend more time with your family on the weekends. It's not about the price. So I just want to close with that idea that no matter what happens with you and your business, remember that. Stop telling people what to do. Call them toward their aspirations because they're experiencing a gap. There's a goal, there's an anxiety, there's a pain somewhere in the world, and they need someone like you to fix it. An empathetic expert, someone that says, I get that. I get your world. That's why I'm in this business. 
And here's what I've done to, to help provide the solution. And if you don't act, here's what could happen. I don't want that to happen to you. And so it might make sense for us to have a conversation because you deserve, you deserve this. So don't, don't call your prospects. Don't tell them what to do. Remind them who they are. All right? God bless you guys. Thank you. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this keynote. I really do hope it was beneficial. Hey, if you're in a business and you ever bring in speakers, whether it's at a conference or just a regular Tuesday, I would love the opportunity to get in front of your team. The best way to reach out to me is just send me a DM on Instagram at Jonathan Seller, or you can email me Jonathan at secondtrymedia.com. And I'd love to either speak at your company or bring our whole team and do a one-day event called the Irresistible Workshop. So if that's of interest to you, get a hold of me and let's make it happen. All right, God bless you guys, and we'll see you back here next week.